Rittenhouse. Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the yeah, middle of nowhere? that's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really ticked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. Louisiana man named Montaldo. Folks around called him Six Gun Joe. Works with Icar, don't you know? Investigating UFOs. Out for a drive with a gal one night. They stopped to check out the reporting site. When an alien lit right there on the ground, he commenced to throw in his weight around. Now, old Six Gun didn't take too kindly to that kind of thing. Especially without Vaseline or anything like you know. Seriously. Well, Six Gun looked that critter right in the eye and said, Any last wish before you die? Yo, reach for his gun, quick as a twitch, and said, Fill your claw, you son of a bitch. Now, a legend spread across the land about this pistol-waving man. But if you're from space or from Earth below, you don't give no lip to Six-Gun Joe. Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover, with your host, Joe Montaldo. Welcome, everybody. It sounded like there was a little static in there. Usually I see a really clear audio. Anyway, welcome, everyone, to UFO Undercover. Hope everyone's having a great day, great morning, great evening, wherever you are in this big, beautiful blue ball. You know, I don't know why you keep some of bitches keep trying to blow the place up. Leave my planet alone. Do not make me have to do forcible eviction. I'm telling you, that is the next step. I'm going to call my friend Bob. You know, that's his, his great, great uncle behind me back here. So, you know, we've real tight friends. And I will forcibly evict you people, Putin. Are you listening? Kim Jong, Trump, because I know you're going to be next president. Are you listening? Oh. Sometimes I think I live in a twilight zone. Matter of fact, I was watching. It wasn't a twilight zone. What was it? It was the other one. I was watching it the other day thinking, oh, my God, this is planet Earth today. What the hell has happened? Uh, it's I don't know, people. It's a strange place to live tonight. We got Dr. Rita Lewis with us. Rita's always a great guest. Her and I have talked about some some controversial subjects over over the years. Matter of fact, we spent two hours talking about crazy narcissism one night. <laughs> we still, I'm still getting emails over that conversation. Every now and then, somebody will hear that. Who was that? Who was that? I said, "Hold on, I'll get your information. Let me send it to you." Well, you see, we, I, I set the alarm off now. It's a, 
it's it's just it's just funny as hell though some of the things that people key off on when you're talking so dr reed how you doing tonight I'm doing great, Joe. It is so nice to see you. I know. It feels like it's been for, I know it's about then that, but it feels like it's been a long time. You know, yeah. I was just talking with uh, Michelle DeRoche about you the other night. And I said, I got to make sure I write, I put, uh, put your, on my schedule schedule so I don't forget. Cause you know, I get crazy and forget stuff. Now, guys, y'all can, y'all can channel the questions like you do off the messenger room or you can channel them over here off of, we're on what, um, one, two, three, four Facebook pages, two, Two um two YouTube pages. Oh, you can't sorry, you can't text us on Roku people. That's live television. Hey out there on TV. Ooh, I love being on TV. It's um uh, oh no, Roku's real television. People what's we're up there with Prime and Netflix and a whole bunch of them. Oh yeah, we're up there with the big boys. It's um and since I cheated and used instead of using the name of the station, which is United Public Radio, I used the old name UFO Paranormal Radio. It cheats you type in like UFOP and it just lights up the whole station. Comes up. So, well, people, we want we want people to see us. We want them to hear us. We want them to know what we're talking about. You can't have me some doctor reading. You never never know what her well, you do sometimes because sometimes we're talking about a book or something. But sometimes you just never know what the topic topic of conversation will be with us. And I can guarantee you they're always always entertaining and always informative at that so anyway dr how you been what you've been up to tell the audience a little bit about yourself so they knew who the hell you are <laughs> so i've been really busy so all right i'm gonna pitch right at the beginning go ahead get on right but see and i'm just gonna throw this in so people think that i'm like so freaking weird i just bought a project house and so today was a demo day and mm. it's like, here, let's just like take this wood off the wall and do all this crazy stuff. But that's good stress relief. I when love I, it. Because when I demolish something, because, you know, we being that I do construction for a living, I get to demolish stuff from time to time. And I love it. Let me tell you what, my son and they were laughing when dad's out there with a mall. They're going, Jesus Christ, dude, you just knock it shit off. The- <laughs> it's good stress, people. It was good stress. I felt better afterwards. I, I, I didn't want to kill half the people I knew. So that, that was a good thing. Um, and, you know, anytime you get a project house, you know, I've, I've done a lot over the years and I've done for other customers and stuff and myself. And, you know, you got you got to get the old shit out to excuse my language, the old stuff out the way to get to the new stuff. So what you're going to put? So wait, let me ask you. Since we're on this subject, so are we going back original? Or are we going back modern? Or are we going something in between? Because I've so seen pictures of the house a couple of times here. The and house there. was built in 1860. Yeah, and you know, I'm part of the historic association, so I'm trying to keep it as original as possible, but. It was this funky house that was like a walkthrough house. So you had to walk through all of the room. Like no, it's like a shotgun. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of them down here. But they had built this big porch on the back. And so I'm closing off all the doors and using that porch to be the main hallway. Mm -hmm. You know, so that there's just one path because there's no closets. Yeah, there's no closets. Closets in. And I'm like, well, if I close that door off, I have room for a closet. Bam. So the closet, the wall doors are going away and closets are going in because people seem to like closets. Yes. Well, you need closets, especially, you know, if I showed you my studio right now, you'd fall over on your butt laughing. There's so much stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when I, when I, it, so when I put it together, it's beautiful. And when I do, um, 
like if I bring somebody in, I have to make sure it's pretty. But I've got boxes and stuff. That also got expensive clothes mixed in. Whatever. It's, it's insane. Really nice stuff hanging on a wall. Sections done for just video chat like what we're doing right now. It's uh, it's insanity. But mm -hmm. I could use another two, three closets. I could actually, I could use a whole nother room. When I bought this house, this is a three-bedroom, two-bath. When we bought this house, it was like, God, look at all the room we got. That was eight years ago or 10 mm -hmm. years ago. Shit's falling out the windows now, people. I need to, I need to add a room. You need a storage project house. Oh, I know that's, that's something like that. Well, you know, we can, we can, we can, we can, we got an acre and a half, and we can acquire an acre and a half next week. It's a, uh, it's a friend of ours that owns it, but it's 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 strange. And when you get into it, when you start getting into it, it's the only thing about project houses I hate. You look at them, you you do out your budget, and you, then you or or you do one of them. Like sometimes you have to do part budgets because, you know, it's a, a matter of what kind of money's flowing when. And right now it's not a, the bestest time for money in the country, but higher interest rates, uh, not the greatest time to sell. But still, it's, it's you know, you look at it and you go, okay, okay I got $35,000 for this part of the house. And then you're sitting there going, oh, shit, I'm 10000 over my thirty five. What just happened here? <laughs> And then you're like, well, wait, then I got to take away from somewhere else. No, it's, it's, it's insanity, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, you get to do exactly what you want. You get exactly what you want out of it. And since it's an older house, it means it has character and charm built into it. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of bringing that. I mean, you'd be surprised how many old homes I go in and restore the 200-year-old floors, and they look like the day they were put in. Restore oh, the man, maybe me and you need to have a talk. Yes, I have a floor uh, that I'm, two floors that I'm like, I'm just going to cover with vinyl plank. That I well, take some pictures and send them to me. If they're doable, I'll tell you how to do them. It's not... It's, I'm not going to tell you about it because I don't want to give away any secrets because we charge, <laughs> we charge big money to do floors, but it's not as hard as, as it thinks. It's just the most the, the scariest part to doing any wooden floor is the sanding part. People want to use the wrong kind of sanders a lot of times and it makes bevels in the wood. So when you put the clear coat on it, you see like waves. <laughs> I've seen it happen many times, uh, but it really no, isn't. It's not just that hard. Standing. I was already like had my mind right. See, we're having this whole live work talk. I had my mind around sanding, which was fine. Yeah. But they had put a bathroom in what I consider the master bedroom, which isn't there anymore. And they cut out the tongue and groove floor and just put planking in there, which doesn't match the rest of the floor. I mean, it's just kind of like a little a cluster. And then they built this wall with the biggest freaking nails I've ever seen in my life. They, they were to like, use them spike nails, yeah. like a, a quarter of an inch round, and left big old holes in the floor because they needed to use a million of them to hold the two by four down. Yeah, well, probably because they were using wood that was. Um, see, some some wood you got to be careful with. So we 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 actually use guns now to shoot everything. So we cheat and we use screws on some stuff. But um, you got to watch some wood if it isn't properly dried right. And you set it down, it'll start bending upwards and twisting crackways. And mm -hmm. man, all of a sudden you got this weird, and then it starts gapping in between the where the tongue and groove goes. It's it's horrible when people don't do it right. And it's it's not that hard to mess that part up because a lot of times you're relying on your local lumber store to get it, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, it's cured. Don't worry about it." Mm, and you stick nah. it down. <laughs> so, what do you mean, Bruce? You can actually take a, a flame to it and, and a fire to it and tell if it's been cured properly or not. Mm -hmm. The part going down, you take a flame, 
it starts to scorch it real fast, it's cured. If it's you're sitting there with the flame on and flaming it like this, you know, back and forth, back and oh no, don't put that wood down. That wood's still wet. Just don't even bother, man. It's just don't. It's uh there's other there's easier tests than that, but that's just one of those things. Uh what's that, Jackie? I've built a lot of homes over the years. I've remodeled a lot of homes. I just got finished an Aplex not that long ago. Yes, yes, it's a nightmare sometimes. And you know, rule of thumb when it comes to any kind of construction, always count on always count on Murphy's law. If it can go wrong, it's going to go wrong. So just know that going into a project and you're way better off. Well, cuz there're going to be things that that weren't in the project or you're going to find stuff hidden in walls or plumbing or electrical because when you're talking homes as old as her there's lots of issues with the electricity and stuff and it depends how modernized let's back up no electric no water no plumbing oh you got to run everything well you're gonna have a ball well hey at least as long as you get the walls it's gonna all be new that's the best way to do it too. You don't want none of that tongue. So what they used to have in the house, if they even had it, was a tongue and a tongue tube. It's just a piece of plastic, not even plastic. It was a, it was glass actually, and it would just it would just be on a nail on top of the thing. It'd be a piece of wire wrapped going on. There was no coating on the wire. The wire wasn't in the walls. It was just open where everybody could touch it, kill it. <laughs> and then look, it would be running on you across your ceiling and down your wall to wherever your switch was. I mean, it was. How more people didn't die of electricity back then is, is, is beyond me. But and they still find them in New Orleans, and we'll get one, and we'll go up in the attic, and it's all tongue, it's all the, all the little tubes going all the way across. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man! And the first thing we tell them, wow, this is going to be more expensive than you thought. But you know, a good electrician can take care of all that. A good plumber can take care of all that. Or you know what? A lot of the plumbing you can do yourself as long as you know how to carry a little grade so it's sloping down plumbing you can do yourself a lot of electrical you can do yourself too putting the boxes in putting the switches in putting the circuits in uh, the, the hardest part to electrical is when you put your breaker box in you know i just you just got to know how to do it i mean it's not it's not super complicated it's just you gotta know how to do it what's that bruce no what do you mean is she an alien who's an alien rita's an alien she, she might actually be an alien i'm not sure we've had this conversation before she she could possibly be an alien Wait, no, she looks different every time I see her. I've, I've known her. God, I'm not even going to say how long I've known her. Uh, I don't want to date us, but every time I've seen her, she looks different. The first time I ever met her personally, I mean, I had talked to her before. So the first time I ever met her was uh, for the Roswell 60th, which was a few years back, 10, 12, something like that. She was wearing a metal hat. Oh, my tinfoil hat. Yeah, that was uh, – who, who, was, who was we with that day? Um, Jerry Pippen. Yep, Jerry Pippen. Jerry, Jerry was – I miss Jerry. I miss I Jerry. I miss Jerry. I miss Jerry. I miss Kevin Smith. I miss a bunch of them old guys. Uh, he was a radio uh, producer, radio show host. He was he was really good at what he did. Dot com. I actually, yeah. I think his webpage still exists. Yeah, I think I think their stuff is still up. Uh, no, he was really good at what he did. Um, he was a lot of fun. I had him. It was myself and him and Kevin Smith on one night discussing politics, which was funny as hell because he was as far left as you could go. <laughs> Kevin was as far right as you could go, and I was somewhere up in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was fun. And we're all three friends, so we could get away with calling each other dumbasses and stuff. But uh, no, because we were all three friends. Yeah, I'd been knowing them for a long time. And uh, Jerry and I did quite a few interviews. When, when matter of fact, when I met Rita and at the 60th, we had done quite a few interviews there. He's a lot of fun to do interviews with, and he was very pointed in his questions. I liked the way he asked questions. He was like, "Oh, you're going to answer this question now, right?" <laughs> no, I learned so much from him. You know, because I had just started my radio show and met him and, you know, 
kind of like a mentor. Yeah. Well, he was kind of like a mentor. Even for me, he was kind of like a mentor. I mean, he's he's probably ten years older than me, maybe a little long, a little older than that, and um, he knew a lot about things in the radio that I didn't. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't even getting into radio. I was actually, and I still run the International Community Family Institute. That's what I was doing. The radio became. I, it just became a way for us to get our stuff out when we couldn't get it on other places. That's what we used it for. And uh, he taught me a lot. I mean, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from Jim Mars. And uh, I just, th- these guys were good at what they did. And I enjoyed talking with both of them. And, and like I just said, uh, with Jerry and I, we didn't always agree on a lot of stuff. But they were good conversations. And uh, the stuff he knew, he knew very well. And he, I mean, he taught me a lot about a lot of different things. He also taught, taught me how to deal with people. We're not going to say any radio shows names, but there are some radio shows out there that you have to get on. You have to make the circuit, but um, they can be um, rather snobby pains in the asses. Uh, that's the only polite way I can say it. Well, no, coast is easy. No, coast is easy. Um, I've done coast five times. It, it's, it's, oh no, people have done it far. Rita's probably done it more than I have. No, it's, actually uh, just three. Just See, they never bring the good people on. They always bring the people on 30 and 40 times that you're like, really? Why is this back on this thing again? <laughs> no, really, people. I'm serious. And now they change the format to they're doing two hours and two hours, which I don't like to do that. I don't, I don't, well, because they don't give you enough time. You only get um, 28 minutes of airtime per hour. Yeah, they, they got a lot of commercials. Well, very, they yeah. always would bring me on at the two to whatever, 12 to two. And you were like, yeah, second one. And you have to like be strategic and take a shower and drink a bunch of caffeine. So you're all like perky. Hey, I'm and you perky. never know who's and you never know who's in front of you. So you don't know what kind of audiences you're getting. See, because a lot of times they'll give me the last two hours. The, the first three times I did it, they gave me all four hours. And then I did one with Melinda Leslie. They gave us all four hours, but Melinda was on with me. And then the last one I did was two hours. And, and I was, I, this guy that was on, I went and listened to this guy in Coast Coast because he had him like four times. I'm thinking, and why in a bleep would you bring this guy in four times? I wouldn't even bring him on radio. I'm not even going to lie. I wouldn't even bring him on here. <laughs> I, I would feel like he would do harm to the network. Just tells you, I don't know. But well, I, then I, I feel honored that you have me on. Oh, you're a great guest. You're always a great guest. That's what I said. I was talking with you with Michelle DeRoche the other day, who's now the station manager on the network now. She took over all the day-to-day duties. Thank God. <sighs> she's such a lifesaver. And uh, she she's, what's that, Janice? No, I do call her the Canadian Elvira. Yes. And one day she will smack me in the head for that. But she lives in Canada. I live in Louisiana. So her arms ain't quite that long yet. Yes, she is a Canadian. Look, first, we're not going to get in this for long because first off, she will sleep anywhere anything bad has happened. Like, you know, if Blad impaled you, she wants to take a nap there. You know, Amityville, oh, let me go spend the weekend at Amityville just sleeping in every room. She's crazy. No, she's a great, no, she's a great host and she's a great manager, but I don't want to go hanging out with her. I'm going to pass on that one. You let her loose in Europe. I'm telling you now, if you let her loose in Europe, everything that's scary, haunted, she's going there. It's just her personality. It's who she is. You know, whenever I end up going to a haunted location, you know, and they know who I am, they're like, here, we're going to put you in the haunted room. And it's like, I don't want to be in the haunted room. I'll come visit the haunted room, but I don't want to like be in the haunted room. I don't want to be in the haunted bed. You know, I can come look at the bed and then go yeah, back to my haunted spot. 
I'm good. I don't, I don't need to be sleeping with no ghosts. Look, it's bad enough I got to sleep with aliens, man. You got to keep them damn ghosts. It's a friend of mine's like, let's go, let's go ghost hunting. I'm like, you go ghost. And the bad part is some of the places we go, it's, it's you know, it's like cross contamination is. So one of the graveyards we go to, it's, it's a, it's about a 400 year old graveyard. It's out in the middle of the swamp. It used to be part of Napoleonville before NASA took it over. Well, there's a lot of sightings in that area. So we were back there setting up one night watching sightings and there's a graveyard right there. And so, like I said, it's about 400 year old. So we're standing in the middle of this graveyard setting up. Fog comes rolling in chest high. Right, right, right below your chest. And it's just, and then ever, over every grave, it was rolling like this. I'm like, what the hell is this? And before that, we noticed that there was a string with a bottle of water hanging over every grave. Don't ask me. I don't know. I still to this day don't know what the hell that was for. And anyway, and then, of course, you heard the alligators off in the distance moaning and groaning because it's like 2.30 in the morning. So they're all out there with their big noisy cells that they do probably mating calls. And, uh, you know, for who's if you're not from here, it can be quite <laughs> quite an experience. But that that graveyard was just wicked uh, in, in the way every, all kind of weird shit happened. There. And you would see things like move through the fog like an image of something or a shape of something, maybe like a person or something just moving because the fog would swirl behind it. Whatever it was, was walking, and they looked about the same size as us. I was figuring it was a person. Hell, we lost two people there for for twelve hours. Uh, they got lost somehow. Wandered outside the gates of the um, the graveyard. Ended up walking through the bayou. Lucky they didn't get eaten or killed by a snake or something. Mm-hmm. Found the dock, and we found them on the dock. <laughs> and t- <laughs> I was like, "What did y'all do?" I said, "You know." I said, "What's it?" He said, "What?" I said, "Let me show you something." I said, "You see this thing?" I said, we do have cell service back here. He said, no. I said, yeah, we do. Look at, look at your cell service. Holy shit. I'm like, yeah, you could have called us at any time. We could have came and got you. You know that, right? That was like, oh. <laughs> it's like they wanted it's, it's like they just wanted to be scared or something. I don't know what that was about. Uh, Kirby, actually, we're going to get her to tell us in just a minute. Yes. Well, we're going to reminisce some more. And then we're going to, we're going to get her to tell us what her new book's all about. Yes. Oh, no. The one about narcissism. Yeah, you can get it. She's still, it's still out there. I'm pretty sure I saw it just recently. Wait, wait. Yes, I know. I just seen it. Just wrote oh, there. It is. Yes, we had we had some really good questions coming. As a matter of fact, I think we had a couple of narcissists call in today. <laughs> I'm almost positive. No, we don't mind. We'll talk to anybody. Um, who was it the other day? I, I, I seen somebody. I was thinking, oh, was it not Ted Phillips? Who the hell was it? Oh man, I can't remember who it is. Man, getting old bites. Um, was it Daryl Sims? I was talking. I ran into somebody the other day. I was talking to him about you, and it's somebody we both know. And now it's out, right out of my head. Uh, what do you mean, Kirby? No, it's not. That's not Jonathan Lear. There's a lot of stuff been going on lately. So, yes. What do you mean? Am I going back to DC to testify? No. I'm sending Rita in my place. Yes. I'm gonna give it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a tape and say, "Here you go." <laughs> well, I don't do. Okay, real quick. I mean. It, how, Rita, how trusting are you to go sit in front of the Pentagon, the House, and the Senate and spill your guts about everything you know? I mean, I mean, do you really feel comfortable enough to do that? I always ask this question to people because some people feel really comfortable and some are like, no effing way. And I, I'm kind of in between. Well, you know, if I was sitting here talking about like narcissists or psychic stuff, I would be totally comfortable. No issue at all. But you know, then there are some topics that I do talk about, like alternative health and how I'm not real happy with mainstream medicine. Mm-hmm. And I just had literally this week, 
a 2013 interview with this guy, Carl Helvey, where we talked about alternative health and it wasn't even like that intense of a video way before COVID, blah, blah, blah. YouTube just took it down. Oh, yeah. Because it went against mainstream medicine and the who. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh, yeah. We, we've gotten strikes in the last two years over stuff that was 10, 12 years old. You know, we used to have conspiratorial on the network and uh, banal America used to be on the network. Well, we still carry their reruns, but... I can't put them in mains because YouTube hits them all the time. They're saying no, no. And then we have one host, um, Kathy Belsky. She's out of Hawaii. She's a holistic, does holistic medicine. Oh, no. She couldn't put anything out. But what got me is if she put it on her YouTube page, they left it alone. She put it on our YouTube page, they banned it instantly. I was, hmm. I was, I, and then they just, one of our pages, the United Public Radio, they just decided one day for no reason, gave us three strikes and took it down all in the same day. Never could get a reason. Could never. I, I, I was just stunned. It wasn't because it wasn't any, about anything of any content or anything like that. I don't know. They said we were uh, using the the live player incorrectly. I'm like, well, why don't you just tell us? Which we still use. We still use the live player like that today. So I, I, I just I don't know. The station was making good money, is what it was, and it was it, that particular station was getting quite popular. Or that particular page was getting quite popular, and it was making good money. And then. Uh, they just decided, nope. And now, no matter, we have two other pages, no matter which one I submit, they won't let either one of them get monetized. They're I like, mean, nope. That was why I stopped doing my show because they demonetized me. And it was mm -hmm. like, you know, the little bit of money that I am making from this, you know, it's like, okay, now you've just really pissed me off. And now they have all this new criteria for monetization. And it's like, okay, you know. Well, put it put it on Rumble. You can probably make some money on Rumble. Um, I haven't. I, I can't put mine on Rumble because we. I, so my live stream now, I stream to Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. Although I did hear that Twitter will actually let you use the chat feature in Streamyard. So I'm looking at moving it to Twitter. Yes, because you we do have Twitter in our feed for that, and also now, if you break which will probably pay you more money on YouTube. But if you break 10,000 users on TikTok, you can use them as a live broadcast now. So we haven't, we haven't actually got to 10,000 over yet, but I checked into it about two months ago and they said, Oh yeah. Well, cause I use the live features on TikTok all the time, but I, I want to use it for the station, you know, with the, with the key. And they said, once we get to 10,000, they'll let us do that. So I'll be able to drop it right in here. Like it's like right now you could drop your YouTube page in or any of the pages, Facebook pages. They let the guests bring pages in now too, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I mean, StreamYard is, is getting better and better. It's more stable than than. Uh, so there are some things I miss about Skype, like the call-in features. Um, I do like hearing somebody's voice, but for a lot of our guests, Skype was too complicated. Uh, Zoom, Zoom has too many too many technical issues and too many security issues. It makes me nervous. Too many people have been hacked it's over there. You know, you can't stream the show. You have to record and then upload. And yes, I, yeah. you know, I mean, my show, so it's Thursday Night Live with Dr. Reed Louise, and people can text in, message in, and get free readings on yeah. air. You know, yeah. so it's really kind of cool. So having that chat feature available, which is not available on Rumble, um, 
Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. It's a. Uh, now, I mean, I know you can you can drop Rumble into your your Streamyard feed just like you do anything else, but for some reason, Rumble wants you to get a new code every time you use it. Pain in the ass. It is a pain in the ass. And when you have this many shows that we have, it's just it's. And some of our hosts can do it, and some of our hosts are going to be calling Michelle and I. Don't going to be going really? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> don't bug me about this stupid crap and there's a couple other new ones coming out besides that i mean we can also stream off of podbean and a few other uh, places now and i know iheart's talking about it and so as itunes are talking about setting up a feature like Streamyard. so there may some be some good things coming up in the future and i mean we're on iheart and itunes anyway we're all matter of fact i think we have three accounts oh we got two accounts mm-hmm. on itunes now we had three but Somebody hacked one of the uh, company's pages we did business with. Another one we were making good money off of. And he told some South Korean guy to go F himself. And next day, all you seen bouncing across his website page was the head of the guy just bouncing around. Destroy, destroyed the guy's 25-year-old website and business. He never could get it back up and running. That was, what was it? Podcast. That's why they say Jesus saves. You know, I periodically, when I do a major update, I download backup copies to a hard drive so that they can't even get into the server and destroy me that way. Now you got to watch these days. I mean, I don't worry about it as much because the setups I have now, this, I have five tier security. So it's no people. I'm not challenging any of y'all to try to hack me. Okay. I'm sure I have some hacker that can do it. I'm just saying, I don't worry about it as much because I have five tier security. I mean, we have the internet company security and I have business business connection. So we have their security and then they have another set of security for the business side. And then I have two sets of security in the business router, and then each computer has its own. So it makes it a little bit harder to get into, but it's not impossible, people. Yes, I used to hack when I was young, before it was illegal. <laughs> before it became a crime with $50,000 and 10 years in jail. Yeah, no, no, I don't do it anymore. Uh, uh, man, I got good computer skills, but I don't want to go to jail now with that. The only two things are going to happen, like, like with poor Billy. Bill used to hack NAS and send out the information to everybody. He got caught. They offered him. Uh, he went. He, they offered him a job because he's really good at what he did. Or fifteen years in jail. Of course, he took the job. First place they sent him was the Harp facility in Alaska. He did five years there. Then they sent him to Pine Gap, which I love this guy because him and I are good friends. They sent him to Pine Gap for twelve years in Australia and outback of Queensland somewhere. He sends me all kind of good stuff. And nothing that can get him in trouble, but you know, still. Now, last I heard, he was at the Pentagon. Yeah, that's the last place I heard he was at. He was he runs security over there. He's good at what he does. Uh, yeah, he gave me my first AI program. I still have today. It's it's runs in the back of one of my computers all the time. It's like, hello, Joe. Good morning. Would you like some fresh AI coffee? No, it's not real. I don't want it. <laughs> Is it sunny? And it'll tell me if it's sunny or you know whatever kind of weather is is retarded, but. Oh, it's nothing like the AI today. So what's that, Jennifer? Okay, now we're gonna we're gonna go there right now. So Dr. Rita. So Jennifer, first thing she says, what's what what's the new book? What's it about? Where can they get it? Oh, did I, did you hear me? Oh, what happened? You're asking me. Yeah, I was asking you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we I thought you were just reading. No, no, we. I was, I was I was actually reading to you. Well, I'm re- reading her thing, question to you. To I'm me, sorry. got it. Okay, so. You know, and I'm going to just give a little background. So when I was finalizing the, here I'll do props, the Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath and Narcissist book, I met this new guy who seemed emotionally secure and like a good guy, like a good guy. (laughs) 
And that turned out to not be the case. And, um, you know, and we were together. The one good thing was we were together during COVID. So I wasn't like here by myself making that all happen. But COVID was ending. But at the same time, my business wasn't doing well. You know, I figured I would be swamped doing health readings for people during COVID. Do I have COVID? Do I have COVID? And it was deathly quiet and to the point where now i'm living on savings and i'm looking at getting a freaking day job which i haven't had like a real day job in uh, a lot of years a lot a lot of years and um so anyway so that relationship ended and i'm not even going to get into that story and it left me in a place where it was like, okay, so I got screwed over in this relationship. You know, my business, which had been my life, you know, and everything uh, for the last million years was all falling apart. My whole life was falling apart. And really all I wanted in that moment was to be happy and find some inner peace. So it sent me back to investigating to see if that's something that can actually be possible. I mean, because most people, all right, my assumption was this is who I am, you know, and I had anxiety and I had a lot of negative thinking. And so I figured this, this is Dr. Rita, you know, kind of anxious with negative thinking. And and I didn't know if it could be changed, you know, because I figured maybe there were people that were just happy. And then there's the rest of us schmoes that walk around not so much. And I uncovered early on that it was something that you could, you know, it could be a goal. It could be something that was achievable. So now I'm digging even more, trying to understand what's going on inside because when you sit there and talk about this change process in order to change something you need to understand the mechanism of what's going on inside so let me give an example it'll make more sense so something happens and now you're 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 triggered you're upset you're angry you withdraw you know whatever your natural response to an upsetting situation is. And usually those triggers will put you into a cycle where your inner critic, that voice in your head that tells you that you suck all the time, or you might worry about it, or you might ruminate about it, you know, whatever your poison is. I just got bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but whatever that poison is, and And you just live with that, you know, you live that way. And what I found was you could start paying attention to what's going on, you know, so something happens and now I feel bad and I catch myself thinking about it all the time, or my inner critic is going, oh, well, you should have done this. Well, you know, you suck, you know, so you catch those moments and you just go, wait a minute. You know, I don't have to do this. And you you stop, one, you stop the voice and, and that forward motion. But you can also use it to look at, well, what happened and what activated it in the first place 
And what can I do to change either me and not be reactive to it because there's a behavior that I'm doing or not doing or change the situation? Um, and I'm going to use a toxic relationship. You know, there are, and I'll actually use mine, you know, because I've had a lot of them <laughs> is, you know, you're in a relationship with someone and something happens and in your mind, you're like, I can't stand them, you know, and they need to go and I need to run away. And, and you have all of these thoughts of not happiness. And instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to value me and, and you have to go because you're not, you're making my life miserable. We tend to ignore what we're feeling and what we're experiencing inside. And so sometimes the, the trigger and the reaction need to change in order for you to be happy. It's true. You know, and so it sounds like a really hard process, but it's not, it's, it's a practice. It's a, I'm going to do this. And someone, I was explaining this to someone the other day and they were like, so it kind of sounds like dieting. You know, if you take a step back, dieting is not hard. You don't eat the chocolate cake. You don't buy potato chips. You know, it, it really is not that hard. And the more you sit there and pay attention to what you're eating and how much you're eating, the more, the less you're going to eat if you choose to not eat. And so bringing in this mindfulness and bringing in the ability to pay attention to what's going on inside is just like that. You know, it's becoming aware. And, you know, if you constantly find yourself being upset, you'll make a different choice. Okay. So I just had a client today that I've been working on this with who she has this friend who I, I don't care for at all. And, and her mother can't stand her. How's that? And, um, you know, cause she's, she's younger. And so we've been talking about it because this woman, girl, whatever, is constantly activating her and constantly setting her off. And I keep talking to her, it's like, but is this how you want to have your interaction be with her every time? And so they had another, I'm going to say shit show this past week. And she's finally to the place where it's like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. You know, so, but she, but she became aware of the pattern and we've been really focusing on that pattern. All right. Whenever she gets triggered because of that relationship, we really focus on the pattern. And she has finally seen the pattern like clear and with open eyes and is making a different choice. And that choice is to end that relationship. Yay. Thank God. Well, that, well you know, I mean, you have to make that choice. You know, I've been working with some people who um, I'm not going to put out their names because it's too controversial but um i do a lot of work with them on other stuff it's um you know we do a lot of press work together and stuff so over the years i've uh picked up a couple of their books here and there a couple of the people who are there are friends of mine now so they're always sending me stuff they think that might help me uh to adjust whatever so okay what's going on why am i froze you're not froze on my end okay sorry about that <laughs> 
Well, that was really where we had two streams. Oh, that we're not even going to go there. That was just weird. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, that was that was just weird, weird. Um, yo, people, we had two stream yards exactly the same, but one was moving, one wasn't. I, I have no idea what that was about. I must have opened something and not notice it. But um, they believe that um, a lot of who you are is either from your past or from past lives, but they really think most of it is from your past and you can go back and correct it so that those problems no longer bother you. Now I've seen people do this with things like arachnophobia, uh, drown swimming, because you know, I, I meet people who have an irrational fear of spiders for no mm -hmm. reason. People who are deathly scared of water, uh, for no reason. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm sure there's a reason somewhere, but when you look, but this allows them to go backwards uh, relive or fix that problem and then it instantly snaps the whole thing instantly snaps forward mm -hmm. and it's no longer part of your personality or who you are anymore which has got to be weird to start off with um because it would be like a 20 year just change and you'd just be sitting there going what the bleep just happened mm -hmm. uh, but I, i've heard other people talk about it and i've seen it work for some people uh you know whether it would work for me or not i'm a little kind of kind of pain in the ass complicated so <laughs> unfortunately uh oh no people i'm unfortunately i'm complicated it's my you know and with those really deep-seated fears i can understand doing some kind of regression work mm -hmm. you know the methodology that i'm suggesting let's go of your past i mean yes all of that crap came from your past you know because before we're seven years old that's where all the programming came in you know the programming that told us that we're a failure or we're not competent mm -hmm. or we're not important or we don't matter i mean whatever that programming is that because we were told that now we react in that way to everyday situations that's true you know, too. I've been on myself for a very long time, and I have a freaking library of self-help books. I mean, people go, very well read. And it's like, well, that's because I got a freaking library of self-help books. And with this new direction, bang, it was me all along. My goal, I just put down all of the books. And I was like, Hi, whoever that is. <laughs> that's that's Linda going and she's zinging by. <laughs> um, it gives you the opportunity to just sit there and say, okay, my past was my past and now I am moving forward. So what do I need to do today to be happy or be happier or be content? Um, and it's not about dredging the past, even though as you work through this process, the past will come up, but the focus isn't on changing the past or fixing the past. It is very much forward moving and being in the present moment. This is how I feel right now. You know, this is what I need right now. And if you're being challenged, that's when you might look to your past and go, so how did I end up here? But it comes more from a place of curiosity versus I need to fix it. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck when they're they're working on themselves is we've been taught we have to fix it. Well, maybe we don't have to fix it in that way. Maybe we just need to change it. That's true too. Maybe we do just need to change it. 
fixing it doesn't always work for everybody anyway. It's um, well, well, fixing it just says there's something wrong. You know, yeah. that there's something wrong with me and I, I need to fix it. You don't fix things that aren't broken. Now, a friend of mine the other day asked me because you know since i was like 14 a lot of people died in my life you know for a couple of years there was like three a year i mean we're talking close mm-hmm. i mean lost both parents to cancer grandmother cancer grandfather i got run over by a damn um great i'll have to have a heart attack on a damn thing so it's a and then lots of friends along the way just recently quite a few friends it's just seems i don't understand how you just deal with it i said what do you mean how i deal with it i said first off death is part of life and unfortunately I have come to that, you know, with my own mortality, I have come to that fact. So I said, it, I realized that off the bat. So that helps me some. And I said, frankly, I'm so busy and I have so many people in my life that it just, I don't, I don't get normal morning time, which is probably not a good thing. I've asked a couple of shrinks about it and they said, well, if it works for you, don't worry about it. But, um, <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't get, I just, my life is too busy and I don't have that kind of time to harp and think of anything for any long periods of time. If I stop for just 10 or 15 minutes and I'm, I'm missing something, not getting something, forgetting something. Uh, so, you know, like I told a friend of mine, it took me almost three years to mourn for my mother because my life was just, it didn't matter that she had passed. Nothing else in my life changed. You know, the businesses were going, we were booming at the time. We were busy as all hell and get out. And, um, and then we had all kind of stuff. And I'm like, you though, COVID came along. COVID, COVID so far has cost me about $285,000, give or take, between um, the first two years of COVID. And then, you know, COVID slowed the economy coming in. And then Joe came in. And for some reason, it got even worse. So for us, it's just been slow for really, you know. Well, I'm not blaming everything. I don't know why it got worse. <clears throat> well, yeah, we know that. <laughs> what do you mean, Frank? I'm not, look, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to blame Joe for anything because, frankly, sometimes when I listen to him talk, I wonder how he's, he's, he passes any cognitive test. But you know what scares me even more than that, Jackie boy, is I would have been okay with Trump four years ago, but now he's 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 going to be eighty-one when he comes out if he wins. So he ain't all that much could be all that much younger than Joe is right now. So I mean, y'all all bitching about this thing and the other thing. Who Nikki? Let me ask y'all this: Who do y'all want to be president? If, if if we took Joe Biden and Uncle and Uncle and Uncle Orange here out of the race. Who do you, who we got? Uncle Cracker and Uncle Orange. If we take them out of the race, who do y'all actually want to vote for? Newsom? No. Kennedy? Yeah, but he can't speak, so we'll never know what the hell he's saying. Nikki? Maybe I'm. I'm I don't like Nikki at all. I don't trust Nikki. Is what the problem is. Yeah. So, well, uh, what's his name? Kennedy. He left the Democratic Party, and he's an independent now. He's, yeah, that's he's Ronald Kennedy. He, I kind uh, of like him. I like you, but the problem with him is, is you can't slam to America because he's like, <laughs> nobody really can understand what he's saying. And the bad part is he's got really good ideas, but mm-hmm. he, can't, he can't get them across to the American people. And unfortunately, that's why Obama did so well, because he spoke so well. I mean, he's a good speaking president, even if he's a bad president a lot of times, not in final. No, Obama got screwed, people. Don't, don't blame Obama. If you're going to blame anybody, you blame the damn the democratic party because he should have been, he should have been a Senator for eight or 10 or six or 12 years. When he came in, he would have actually been able to get his ideas done. He came in six months after he was a junior Senator, hadn't even voted once yet. And y'all threw his ass into the. To okay. The, you know, okay. Let's get a little conspiratorial here. Go ahead. Throw it out there. Very interesting with Obama. 
he received the Nobel Peace Prize for something. <laughs> the November before, like before the election even happened. So he wasn't even elected and he won a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm like, how can you win a Nobel Peace Prize when you haven't done anything? Because he was going to be the first black president. And that's what he got the prize for. But, but he, it's, the election hadn't even happened. It's it's I don't know what that was for. I know the other the other the one he got when he was in the White House was because he was a well he was in war we had two wars going on people we had the Afghanistan and the Iraqi war going on you don't get a Nobel Peace Prize when you're fighting two countries mm-hmm. and in case y'all didn't know he killed more people with drones than any president before or since so you just need to put put out your pipe and smoke I don't know a lot of things went on with him I don't understand how it happened but. I felt sorry for the man when I see Nancy Pelosi get up on stage and say, well, just pass the damn bill and read it later. Wait, what? Wait, we don't we don't do that. kind. Of, wait, wait, what? We don't do you read stuff before you purchase something or no, I was. And then that was pretty much how the Democrats wanted to run everything. And you know, the country said no and gave the country back to the Republicans, all except the presidency. And then we had what? Nothing for eight years. Uh, it's 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 gotten to be this wicked little conspiracy rolling around in circles and nothing seems to change anymore. Mm-hmm. You went true bipartisan. The last two bipartisan presidents were Ronald Reagan and and Mr. Can't Keep It in His Pocket, Bill Clinton. He was bipartisan president. Mm-hmm. Whether he was in trouble for what's-her-face or not, he was a bipartisan president. And what got me is the Republicans didn't want to impeach him as bad as the Democrats did. Um I never. Oh no, he was never getting impeached for that. There's no crime. You having an, there is no crime against having an affair. I'm sorry, people. There's not the only the only thing they tried like to get him lied to Congress. That's yeah. what they were trying to impeach him for. Yeah, he, he said he never had sexual relationships with that woman, and and we're not going to get into why he didn't get in trouble because they, they split in hairs there. But uh, that's that's why. Um, because that's the, nobody. Nobody. Once you've been in politics X amount of years, you don't get go to jail. Yo, you get in trouble, but you don't go to jail. Look at it, look at Hillary Clinton. Everybody around Hillary went to jail except for Hillary. All kind of her tech people went to jail, and mm-hmm. they could they couldn't put a Huma Dean in jail because she was too close to Hillary. So they put it, her her husband <laughs> Weiner Weiner whatever you want to call a guy in jail. <laughs> that guy was something else, people. I'm just. I don't know. I mean, but this isn't the kind of politics I grew up with. There's always been corruption in politics, but this stuff lately has just been just stupidity stuff. It's crazy. You sit there and you watch the news and it's like, okay, so what else is going to happen? And, you know, I don't know. I, you know, when I would put on like mainstream media, I like find myself yelling at the TV set, talking to the TV set because it's kind of like, huh? Yeah, you know, I, I, I stuff. Wait, so I, was, I was watching the uh, New Hampshire poll results last night to, you know, just check it yeah. in. And so the network that I had on, I think I had Real American Voice on. So there's like the main screen and then, no, it was Fox. And on the side, they had questions and then like response, like strongly agree, agree, disagree, strongly disagree. So there were four things. And so most of the stuff like, you know, do you have issues with the border? And it's like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of a lot of the things that you and I would yeah, normal people with, yeah. um, were polling how we would maybe poll them. And then. <laughs> There were ones that were like, do you think that President Biden is doing a good job? 83%. 
And I'm staring at the freaking TV set. I'm like, okay, so there's border issues and there's economic issues and you don't like what's going on with Ukraine and you're not so sure about Israel, but Biden's doing an 83% good job. I mean, there were questions like that that I'm like, huh? And that's, that's because, and see, that's, that's what happened when we, when we, Stop making people. So a lot of the polling companies aren't honest anymore. They they poll. So like a lot of polling companies uh, that swing left, they'll poll places like Boston or D.C., places they know it's going to be 80, 80 percent. Mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Biden, even NBC said this. And you got to know when NBC and CNN tell you because, you know, they big lefties. When they tell you your approval rating is 33 percent, it's probably lower than that. Uh, so he's in big trouble. And then. Then I got into it with two. I got into it with Reuters a couple of weeks ago because I own APC, the American Polling Company, and I said, "Look, I said, what are y'all doing here? I said, you've got you've got Trump at forty six and Biden. He said, well, we got Biden losing. I said, no, you don't. I said, where's Kennedy at? Because Kennedy said he's running no matter what. And Kennedy's polling seventeen percent. I said, and that seventeen percent ain't coming from Trump. It's coming from Biden. At least twelve percent of it is." I said, so why don't you put the true numbers, which puts him at 36%. Right now, currently, if Kennedy runs, there is no Democrat that can win this. We could, The Republicans could put up a freaking chihuahua and they would win this race if Kennedy runs. Uh, so do you don't think that Kennedy would pull from the Trump people because... About 5%, yeah. You know, for the people that don't like Trump, you know, I mean... I would consider voting for Kennedy. Like if the choice was like Biden or Kennedy, I would totally vote for Kennedy. Uh, there's a lot of people. If a lot of people would. Them and Kennedy, I would vote for Kennedy. Um, you know, so there are those Republicans that don't like Trump. And it makes me wonder if they would kind of lean there, you know, the more moderate Republicans, if they would lean more toward Kennedy because He's a truth teller. I mean, I read his uh, COVID book. All right, I read about half of it. Oh my God, that man is so pissed off. <laughs> because he, he knows he's, he's been in the middle of it and he's got mm-hmm. connections, so he knows what's going on. So, but the problem for Kennedy is, is that the, I would say some of the Republicans would vote, but not in a presidential election because they would consider their vote a waste because they know Kennedy can't win. Right now, the highest he's pulled so far is 17%. And unless something major happens to Biden. Now, there is something that could save Biden. Press. He gets zero, 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 zero media. Yeah, if, if Biden would fire Kamala and maybe bring in Newsom or Hochul or somebody like that, it would boost his rating some. That's what I'm saying, too, but. What do you mean, Christopher? You mean that, okay, I'm not going to get an abortion thing long because this isn't a news show, but and y'all can come bring it up on a news show anytime on Friday night. We talk about it all the time. What's going to really happen here is I'm going to tell you what Trump's going to say. He's going to say, oh, no, overturning it did just what it was supposed to. Let the states decide. And that's what he's going to say. And that's exactly what's happened. The states have now decided who gets rights, who don't get rights. So if you don't like the way your state voted, you can move your ass to another state. But it's never going back to a federal thing because it should have never been in, in federal custody in the first place. It's, it's just not one of those things like guns. Certain gun laws should never be con- con- handled by the feds. It's just some things because the government is too blind. When you go around letting people have seven and eight abortions, you got issues, people. I mean, do you no, no. I can understand you get in trouble or somebody. I can understand. I can understand your eighteen year old girl, twenty year old girl. You get in trouble. You don't have this baby. I can understand that. 
I can understand if other things have happened to you, rape, I can understand that. I cannot understand when women have six, seven, eight abortions. You can't register it in my head. It just doesn't make sense to me. God, it's what freaking birth control is for. Um, so I have issues with that right off the bat. I'll never tell a woman she can't choose. I just think once it becomes birth control, we need to think about it. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. And then there's the other thing that's just catching steam that I worked with this group for a while to help them get this going. So if a man gets a woman pregnant and she decides she wants to keep the baby, he's got to pay child support. If she decides she don't want to keep the baby and decides to do whatever with it, he don't have any say in it. So that law is going to be changed. You're going to start pushing this really, 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 really hard because there's no rights for men at all in there. None. So what happens if the man don't want the baby and the woman does? He, sh- he shouldn't have to pay for it. If it wasn't a consensual thing, he shouldn't have to pay for it. Uh, no, I mean, if she can abort it, then he should have some rights too. They're going to have to balance it out because there's a lot of big lawsuits coming up now and states are losing these lawsuits because it is a form of discrimination against men. Yeah, you see, that's the problem when you do these laws. Somebody always gets stepped on. Always. It doesn't matter what it is. It's like affirmative action. Someone always gets stepped on. You know, somebody's always going to be, well, what are you talking about? So because of affirmative action, women get, white women, I should say, get half amount of um, the, the spo- I mean, not sponsors, the, um, oh, what do you call it when you get a oh, grant to go to school? Or, uh, yeah, they don't get, they get half as many as they used to now. No, because it's not based on grades anymore. It's based on skin color. And yes, it is. So every college that has this has to have X amount of this, 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 and this color. Yeah, it's, it's you know, a bitch. I you got rid of that in like the... You know, I thought they did too. And it just seems like it's worse. It is worse. And, they, and every time I turn around, Congress says they're getting rid of it. Every time they say they're suspended it or they're getting out and it's going away. But every time I turn around, it's still there. And it's not just there. It's everywhere. And then it's worse. So what happens? Because white people in 10 years or 20 years will be 48% of the population. So that makes them a minority. What, are they going to get a fair? So everybody in the country is going to get affirmative? I said, this is not going to work, people. This is just not going to work. Uh, but anyway, we'll cross that border where we do. You no, know, I'll get ready to write a book. All about the white that. people have to become transgender. And then oh, they there become- you go. Yeah, there you go. We could all join Disney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was a cheap low shot. I'm sorry, Disney. I didn't mean to take that shot on you. That was low. I know it was. Oh, man. That's what I tell you. Reed and I could talk about any damn thing. We'll have to get it right a book on, on that in, in 10 years from now when it gets worse. Yes. Well, no, people just don't worry about it. You know, everybody has the right to believe what they want to believe. You should, you should never be offended by someone else's beliefs because you have the right to believe whatever the hell you want to believe. What do you mean? Do I care? Okay. This is going to sound mean because it is. I don't really give a bleep what y'all care about. I really don't. I'm not president. Only people I care about is the people around me that I need to take care of. The rest of y'all can, mm, I'm going to say this nicely, kiss my big white happy ass. That's the only <laughs> way I can say it. It's Because uh, I'm not like most people. I'm, I'm, um, I've been very lucky in my life in a lot of things. I'm very fortunate in my life in a lot of things. I've lost a lot of people, I had a lot, but I've had a lot of breaks in other things. So it's it's always been kind of a give and take kind of thing in my life. So. I've learned over the years to deal with it. What, what do you mean I don't get I get pissed just like anybody else does. Thank God you didn't know me when I was young. Jeez, I could scream knock a wall down. It was like a superpower or something. <laughs> narcissist, no, I wasn't a narcissist because I don't I don't I don't look at people for what they can give me. I look at people okay. Be frank about it. I judge all people the same way. You're either an asshole or you're not. Uh, frankly, that's how I look. I don't care what color you are, what sex you are, it doesn't matter to me. When I look at you, 
it's it's everything's always based on your actions, not on your words. Because a lot of people say one thing and do another thing, so I always judge you by your actions. Same thing, aliens do they judge you by your actions? That's how it should be. I judge them by their actions, for that matter. When we're doing, when we're having discussions about alien and extraterrestrials, I judge them by their actions, not by what this contactee said or that contactee said or that one said or this one said or that one said. I judge it by simply what we've recovered over the years and how they treat people and how they deal with people. And it's not always evil and bad. No, it's really for the most part. It's it's really Really, the worst times seem to be puberty till about 27 or 28. And I think that's when they're just doing like breeding experiments and whatever. It just seems, and that's the best time to do it because that's the, the time the human body is the most resilient. Plus, you don't remember any of it. Well, you know, I'm going to throw a little piece on that. You know, there are some yeah. um, experiencers that recall good experiences mm-hmm. with the extraterrestrials. And it just makes me wonder if the person's own fear factor is what makes it be a terrible experience. That's a good point. Versus, you know, they just kind of like go with the flow. And it's kind of like, okay, I just was abducted by aliens. Hey, I'm going to check this out and be curious about it versus just being like this rigid, like ah, shell-shocked person where it does become a trauma. It does. Well, I think that's where the keepers and all these people who actually end up doing some work with the aliens come from. I think the ETs watching you as they're abducting you and, you know, Rita's over there laying on a table. She's not screaming. She's not hunting. She's just kind of looking around like, and she might get up and see the lady next to her might be crying or something. She might get up and hold her hand. See, aliens are looking for that. They want us to be part of this program. They would rather keep us part of the program because then they don't have to eliminate our asses later on. Um, I don't know, Johnny, real quick. So, I've talked to a lot of abduction researchers over the years. I mean, I've been doing this 40 years, so I've talked to a lot of them, everybody who's anybody and, and a lot of people who aren't anybody. The problem here seems to be we're judging about an axe as well. They haven't eaten us, they haven't killed us, and they haven't invaded us. But yet, they haven't enlightened us either. So it doesn't seem – so when you hear all these different things contactees say, this can't really be the truth because none of that has happened in the ever thousands of years they've been here. They've got this long-term agenda, and they're working their agenda, and we're part of their agenda. And, of course, it's 15 18% of the population that they're screwing around with is part of this agenda. But the scary part is the other 85% aren't at all. And you got to wonder, are they cannon fodder or, or is this what – because – Look at it like this. So O negative came out of nowhere. I'm sorry. RH negative came out of nowhere 50,000 years ago. Since then, it's gained 15% of the world's population and it's growing. In another 50,000 years, it will be around 50% of, of the world's population will now have been RH negative. That's a big change. And RH negative people have different types of personalities. Uh, they have different types of egos. They're just, they're, just, they're just different in a lot of ways. And contactees, and unfortunately for them, ET prefers... RH negative people. I mean, every research poll we've done shows it inconclusively. In, in, they abduct about 65% of the people they abduct to RH negative versus the 85% of the world's population that's RH positive is only about 35% are being taken. You got to figure, and, and the thing of it is, when we found this out, and this is 20, 15, 18 years ago, when we found it out. We, we introduced it to every researcher we could find. We talked to, I went on Coast to Coast a, do, a couple of times after that about it. Uh, we did Ancient Aliens about it. Then 
Linda Moldy Howe tried to rip it off two years later and went on Ancient Aliens. So Ancient Aliens brought me on with her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but anyway, I mean, pretty much everybody in the field had verified what I was saying. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just I said, okay, out of this 105,000 people we questioned and took their blood test, uh, that's what we got out of this. But, you know, then you had Linda Moulton Howe's group come behind it. You had Hart's group come behind it. You had almost every group out there came behind it and said the same thing. So it made you stop and wonder, did they introduce this blood type? Did they introduce this blood type to introduce psychic abilities? Because I get in trouble for psychic abilities all the time. Because when I was young, I always believed everyone had this ability. It was just dormant somewhere. And then my stupid ass decided to start testing people for it. So we go to malls and we'll test 100 people. And maybe, maybe, maybe 10 people will test positive. What's, what's scary more than that is so on the card thing, if you do like red and green card, and you're guessing if you're not telepathic, so you should get it right half the time. Uh-uh. They're getting it wrong 70, 75%. It's like flipping a coin. Go take a coin and flip it with a friend and you'll find out they get it wrong more than they get it right. But see, what I is- do that. And I do psychic stuff for a living. And I can't do that. But, but, you're, like, you're, but you're a different type of psychic. Though. With the wavy lines. I can't do that. Because you're, you're, you're actually a psychic medium. And this is a telepath. So there's a difference. Okay. Me, so mediums are different than telepaths. So people get confused with that all the time. It's like impasse. Impasse are simply people who can either affect or, or change. In other words, if we're sitting here and I can feel your emotions, like you get excited or happy or mad or whatever, I can feel them. Or... I can transmit them to you because I'm more of a transmitter than a receiver. It can be either way. It was one of the first things we had to learn about contactees because we were were getting confused about moods. You know, all of a sudden they would be upset or they'd be happy or they'd be goofy or whatever it was. And the more we found out, the more we found that these people were in past. We started testing for it. Mm -hmm. Our problem is, and I still want to believe that everybody on the planet has this ability, but the more we test, the more it becomes unlikely. And then thanks to the Navy and the Air Force who decided to drop their um, their remote viewing and go with telepaths, um, they have actually put out and said, you know, what they think the telepathic group in the population is, and they think it's 15%, which happens to be the percentage of people being taken. So you start getting these numbers, and it's hard to get away from these. And Denise, it doesn't mean that they won't be. So let's say, uh, okay, Rita's, Rita's impasse, let's say she comes back around next life, she has five kids. All these kids have this same ability. All five of these kids marry somebody. They all have the, they, these kids all have this ability. So eventually, unless something happens, eventually it will be in the whole world. But right now it's not. But yeah, see, it, it, I, I can disagree with you about that, Joe. That's good. Get in there. Kick me. You know, because <laughs> I believe that we all have that ability, but it's kind of like drawing or dancing. Some people are really good at it. They're Fred Astaire's and Michael Jackson's. And then there are people that you put music on and they can't even like clap their hands to the beat, you know? And I think it's just a giant spectrum where, again, some people are much more gifted and good at it and other people, not so much. It might be. Well, well, there's lots of testing going on. So we'll sooner or later, we'll know for sure. It's uh, it's something that um, the, the Air Force and then because Carly, the reason why is, is, so, you know, um, oh, what's his name? Um, what's his name? The remote viewer guy. Um, they might have interviewed this guy like like eight times. Uh, Colonel Holt. No, not Colonel Holt. Uh, I can't think of his damn name. Though. Anyway, he's the one who was in charge of the damn program. He's been on Coast to Coast a dozen times. He's been all over the place. But um, 
the thing about it is, is, is he realized early on. So a remote viewer can look and find the missile in Russia, but they can't give you the code to the missile in Russia. Well, telepath can also find the missile in Russia and also give you the code to turn the missile off because they can actually see through whoever's eyes they're seeing through because they're tele- it's telepathy. So whoever you happen to be into that time, whatever they're doing, you're watching as they're doing it. So if they're standing next to the missile or if they're the guy punching in the code, you've got it right then and there. And because it's telepathy, you can walk around with them to find the people so that you can jump to the other person. It's a little bit different. Well, it's actually a good bit different than remote viewing, but both serve the purpose. It's a different uh, skill set. That's, yeah, that's it, a very it, interesting observation on that. See, now you have me thinking. I well, mean, just, if I'm not working with clients, I can like just step into their body and go, oh, well, this is how you're really feeling, you know, and this is what's going on. And I can look through their eyes and go, oh, and this is how you're seeing this situation. But it's not something that I practice to like get secret codes. Well, no, because you're doing what they would call, what would be called uh, empath medium is what it would be called. But you're probably, in your case, you're probably floating somewhere between an empath medium and a telepathic medium. You're somewhere probably in there just comfortably because you've, you've whatever it is, you've probably gotten comfortable there. It's probably what you use the most. So it's, it's. Oh, no, it's a very intentional thing to yeah. go step into somebody's body. I do that ghost hunting. There's a ghost over there, but I, I'm not able to read it. And I'll go stand in their body. And it's like, hmm. I learned don't really do that because it's stupid because sometimes the ghosts are really nasty and now you're standing in this like really nasty yeah. energy. Um, something you don't want to be, something you don't want to be messing with in the first damn place. Well, I, I, I but I can understand that, but it's, it's, you know, dealing like with, because we both deal with contactees a lot. And uh, what do you mean, Frank? Uh, an abductee is just someone who hasn't really come to grasp with the fact that they're being taken. A contactee is someone who's functionally aware that they're being taken. Yes, they know they are. They, they, they've come to terms with it in their head. Uh, they've come to terms with it enough that they could actually give, like, Dr. Rita information if they were asking them. Abductees are more like they had a dream or they had a feeling or they've been sensing them coming or they're just not quite over the hill yet. But I think it has to do with their their trauma response, you know, yeah, if it's that's very people, they're going to want them to forget. But if they're like chill, you know, <laughs> I always joke around whenever I take the cat to the vet, you know, cause you take the cat and you put it in the box and then you take the box in the car and the cat comes out on the metal table and then they get the anal probe and then they're <laughs> and they get the anal probe. go back in the box. And it's like, you know, does an abductee feel that way? You know, I'm sure a lot of them do is freaking out and other times like mine are like totally chill. It's like, here, I'll like take a little nap on this metal table waiting for my anal probe. And, you know, and so I think they have a much better experience and they'd be more likely to allow the person to remember versus um, it was a really bad experience (laughs) because I think I would want my cat to be able to forget. Yes. And that's exactly how it works that you, if, if, once you come to terms with it and you're not freaking out, jumping off the table, trying to run for the nearest exit or something, uh, they, they, and the more interest you show, the more they want you to be part of the program. Well, no, no, Johnny. Um, so really for me, there's, there's basically there's abductees, contactees and keepers and keepers are just the ones that 
are fully and operationally aware of what's going on. They remember probably 35 or 40% of their contacts. And they remember a lot about the aliens because they're having regular contact. The contactees are just people who now have come to grasp with it. They're not really showing fear anymore. And they can deal with it. They can go home. What happens with a contactee, and this is what's crucial for anybody who's having this happen, a contactee integrates it into their life. It becomes part of your life. It's no longer, oh, let me run and hide from it. No, this is part of my life. Let me use these gifts because contactees are either empathic or telepathic or both. So why not use these gifts? You, you have them. You're not a contactee if you don't have them. So you've got them. I've never met a contactee. That's why for ICAR and several other groups, it's considered abduction criteria because we don't believe that you will. We believe all, um, all contactees are telepathic and empathic or both. Uh, telekinesis I haven't seen yet, but... Um, but so these these people are are putting this in their life. They 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 realize it. They're going to work. They're you know when their boss is bullshitting them about a raise, they're thinking, oh no, I can push another dollar out of this now. Start you. I use them for work all the time, people. I'm not gonna lie to you. When I'm doing contracts, I use it for work all the time because I, I sense a customer is thinking there there might be light or something, and I'll I can go up in the price or I feel the customer's feeling like oh maybe I won't do this uh, because of this. Well, John, that's instinct too, but for me, it's a little more than instinct. Uh, you can judge by the amount of contracts you get. That's how you know. Yeah. So if it's just instinct, it's going to probably be about 75%. When you're getting 90%, 98% of your contracts, it's, it's, it's more than it's, it's cheating, but how it works, it works. Uh, well, I was thinking of what Dr. Reed was saying earlier. I mean, it's, it's tight right now. It's tough. I don't know anybody, and I know a lot of comfortably wealthy people, and I don't know anybody right now that's in a, in a, in a long-term comfortable situation, meaning that their income that's coming in is plenty enough that not only it's giving them what they want, but it's paying their bills and allowing them to put money in the bank. I have not personally seen that in four years. Uh, no, I'm not even going to lie about it. Uh, if we're breaking even, we're doing good. So, and we're not because we're spending savings. It's, it's, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean the aliens did it? What the hell would they, I don't think the aliens give a good, good blank about our economy. I really don't. I, I don't. I don't think Bob the Gray is sitting up there going, chick, 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 oh, you know, gold just went up eight percent. Let me invest. Um, I just don't think they care. They they have their agendas and whatever it is, it's long term because the further you look back in time, the more you see them. I mean, they're all over. The, so if you look at what we consider the modern civilization, when modern civilization started, which is a lie, six thousand years ago, because now we know it's older. ET's all over the place. The grays are not so much, but the reptilians and humans are everywhere. And if you go back to where they found them, two sunken cities in India, they're there too. And that's 12,500 B. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think they're way further than that. Let me throw this one out at your listeners. So the, so the most common myth on the planet where it very consistent is the basically the Noah story. I mean, their details change, but the Noah story. The second most common myth that we find on the planet is the story of how the gods gave humanity fire. And it was always by some mischievous god who gave it to humanity and then they're punished. So we have Loki, we have Prometheus, we have Macabo, who's in a Native American god. And so there's this consistency globally of the gods gave us fire, which to me, gods equal extraterrestrials. Yeah, so pretty much. So for a fact, a hardcore fact that 768,000 years ago, 
humanity was able to contain fire in a heart. And they believe that the use of fire, you know, not because they haven't found any other hardcore remnants, goes back to like a million, 1.5 million years ago. So if the gods gave us fire, and why would we make up that story that the gods gave us fire consistently, it dates back to 1.5 million years. And that story has just stayed with humanity all the way up to the present time, which says that the extraterrestrials were here back with Homo erectus. Well, there's a lot of things that we found that, you know, we just don't know where they came from, how we, how we understood it. It's like electricity. You know, a friend of mine, this was funny to say he lost $500 to me the other day. He goes, well, Benjamin Franklin invented electricity. I said, well, yeah, maybe. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah, maybe. I said, in case you didn't know this, they used to have a battery 2000 years ago to electroplate gold. He's like, no. I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, no, there was. I said, oh yeah, there was. He just lost his bet. He's like, he said, well, what the hell? I said, it was just lost with the Alexandria, when the library Alexandria went. But I said, there were so many, te- like I said, they just now, they think they just now figured out how to make Roman concrete. This is concrete they poured underwater in Rome that's what, 5,000, 3,000 years old, two, two, three thousand years. It's not even chipping. Yeah. They so love I this. Have, I have a commentary about the Baghdad battery. So. <laughs> And this is it's just kind of a funny story. And so uh, my late husband was, he and I would spend hours talking about like ancient mysteries and conspiracies and whatever. And I was having people over for Thanksgiving. And so in my kitchen, we always had a candle burning. And so there was soot up on the wall. So I'm like, okay, I need to clean that soot off the wall. That soot was not coming off. I mean, was not, I ended up repainting my kitchen <laughs> like in two days. But the moral of the story, and this is where we went with it. So if people were burning fires in these caves, in the pyramids to do all of that carving, et cetera, there would be soot on the ceiling. So it would be. Yeah. So perhaps they were using some other form of lighting in oh, those they- inner chambers, a.k.a. like the back bad that. Baghdad battery or the kind of light bulby looking thing that you see in Jerryanko or however you say that. Well, well, there's a couple of, there's a couple of hieroglyphs. We'll talk about that in a second, but what's even worse about the pyramids guys is, so if you take, this is an easy one, go get a torch, go in a closed room and close the door. Within probably five minutes, the torch will go out. You want to know why? Because it burnt all the oxygen out of the room. So unfortunately these tunnels were so long and so deep, that they, and back then they didn't have fans or anything to pump oxygen down into the areas. If you were burning uh, any type of any type of burning anything, you were burning depleting your oxygen in no time at all. You would have been killing people left and right because they would have been dying from no oxygen. Um, and they've tested this, by the way, in case y'all didn't know this. This has been tested in three different pyramids, and they could not get any further than I think it was 110 feet inside the pyramid before the damn thing went out. I believe it. So, so now if you go look at the hieroglyphs, the hieroglyphs show something that's weird. They show what looks to be a snake thing and it looks like a tube and inside the tube looks like an eel. And this, this snake thing connects to the tube and then there's an eel and making electric signs. So it looks like a ball with a filament is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So uh, who invented this? And, and obviously these were there. This is something else that was probably lost with the great Alexander library. Uh, somehow or another, they had some type of modern electricity in there. 
and you can go look. You don't take my word for it. It's in several different hieroglyphs. You can go look for it yourself. And um, they had some, they, they understood something because some people thought what they were doing was catching electric eels and putting them in tubes with water and, and shaking them around so they would glow. Maybe. Doesn't sound like it was very, like a good idea to me, but I guess if you had enough of them, maybe so. Well, electric eels don't make that much light. They make a lot of electricity, but they don't make that much light. You know, and, you know, like Indiana Jones, you know, they suggested in their movie that they use mirrors, you know, parabolic mirrors, and they reflected the light in throughout the chambers. But they have since proven that they can only make like five bends in the light before it becomes so minimal of a reflection that you really, you know, like it dims too much. Well, yeah, you'd have to have much, much larger mirrors to really fit, to to use that in big rooms and big areas. You'd have to have much larger mirrors, and and and, and that that's and, and and for a one room or two room area, that might actually work. But for anything more than that, it's, it's not going to do. It's not getting down in long channels. It's not getting in bends and curves. That that's not going to happen. You need something else for that. Well, so, especially and, the ones where you know you have to go down fifty feet to yeah. a different level. It's like, well, how did they get the light to go down? I mean. Well, and another thing, for a while, you know, and another thing when she was talking, when Rita was just talking about the no soot in the walls, it's something else missing from the walls, holders where you would actually put it. So any place you see where like in uh, Egyptian caves and stuff where they draw an artwork, there's actually holders on the wall where the thing went. And it was always above their head so that would that smoke would come down and go out. It would keep it above your head because heat rises. Uh, even they even knew that way back then, 5,000 years ago, the Egyptians knew heat rose. So um, there was lots of things, but you didn't see any of that inside the, the pyramids, in none of the pyramids. So they were using something else for, for light. What it was, no, it was not mirrors. And it was not flames. Uh, it was something else. Well, we don't know. None of us alive. And the, the, they figure that the burning of Alexandria set us back at least 1,500 years. That's what they figure. Oh, more than that. And, Way and, more. And then when they already say religion put us back at least 500 to 1,000. So if you look at these two things, we're, we're at least 2,500 years back. So think about this as 2024. This should be more like, uh, what, 40, 49 or something. And technology-wise, that's how far we're back and we're missing. And then some people say the computer was an accident. We're not wasn't supposed to have it because we retrieved a um, chip from Roswell. They think that's where we actually got our first microprocessor from. And what's that's funny, no yeah, and what's funny about that is in the Roswell newspaper, I think it was Roswell newspaper. Three days after the crash, they had three things in the paper. They had what looked to be some type of bendable aluminum, like a, an aircraft aluminum of some type. They look like fiber optics, like what we would consider regular fiber optics, and what looked to be a microchip, a really tiny one, but a microchip. Uh, none of this stuff, if you've seen it yourself, that's what you'd come to the conclusion of, and, and they think that's where the microprocessor came from. Because remember, there really wasn't a natural progression. Even though microprocessors are silicone and tubes are silicone, it wasn't really a, a natural progression from the, the vacuum tube to the solid state chip. I mean, one's a, a thing full of, yeah, one's full of gas and, and electricity, and the other one is just a little piece of plastic, well, a piece of silicone with some little copper or some gold things on it, and that's it. <laughs> so, I'm not exactly sure how they made that progression. I've asked a million times. I've looked it up a million times. 
well, dude, I got degrees in electronics and avionics. I got a bachelor's in science. <laughs> like, it's uh, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Rita probably has several gifts. When I when I met her in um, when I met her in Roswell, she definitely gave off several. She's definitely got gifts in several different things. Telekinesis people, I don't. I don't Telekinesis is hard. Moving objects, and I say this all the time, if any government held telekinesis, the other government's presidents will all be dead. Think about Trump if he had a guy with telekinesis. Kim Jong-un would have been dead today, got smart ass. Oh, God, he had a a cardiac. and His his lung, I mean, his um, right artery clogged and exploded on his heart, and he did. It's all natural causes. Oh, Putin had a ramurism in his brain. He's dead. Xi Jinping had a a blocked artery in his chest, he's dead. All would be considered normal stuff, but none of that happens. We're not dying, they're not dying. People well, you know what I find stuff. interesting is the only evidence, air quote, that I've ever seen about telekinesis are those ancient videos that came out of Russia, you know, with the girl rolling the pencil around and like that. And after that point in time, you know, either it went deep underground or maybe you have to take another look at it. And is that something that's possible? Well, I think it's possible. I just not, not for the rate of uh, evolution that we're at, but uh, I, I do think it's something like really a future. little oddity, you know, and I can't remember the name of the book, but it's the Indian uh, narrative that talks about the Vamana. So I don't know if you've ever read that. And one of the things that it talks about in it, now I think it's a much later text um, in general, but one of the things that it talks about is that the ship is navigated by the mind of the person navigating the ship. And, um, you know, and so the person needs to connect to the controls telepathically in order to make it operate. And you also find a similar commentary in other myths from around the world that talk about these aerial type ships is, you know, there's a connection, you know, not a physical connection, but a telepathic type connection between this stuff, this equipment and the user. Well, no, the, the telepathic interface has been around as far as we know for a while. The, the grays do it differently the grays actually, because their ships are alive, so the gray ships are organic. So the grays actually meld with their ships, physically and mentally. So it's a little bit different. And the grays, when they need something, the ship creates it. And then when they don't need it, the ship takes it back. Ships also, are, I mean, like I said, it, it creates its own food and its own fuel supply, which the grays actually eat too. So it's, it's a very strange, but that's a very, very advanced technology. But the humans and reptilians still use what I would call switch and clicks, but they also have te- so a lot of their stuff, like their weapons and probably their telecommunications and even their the way they drive their ships are probably all telepathy. They probably all run through some type of uh, kinetic or te- telepathic interface that determines what the human is thinking and t- puts it into an action on board the ship. So it wouldn't be telekinesis; it would still be telepathy, but the ship itself would determine uh, what what you. So if Doctor Rita said, "Hey," take a left up here at warp five. That's what the ship would do. It would just do it. Uh, she could be anywhere on the ship for that matter and think it, and it would still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a, it's a, it's a different, no, Johnny, we're nowhere near that. We do, we do have 
a couple of the F-35s are equipped with these things that go on your it's, – it's not fly-by-wire. They, they go right here on the side of your head. And it is it – is, for the lack of a better word, it is telepathy. Uh, I, I don't quite – feel it's true telepathy but it is telepathy so they can drive this this plane with no stick in it at all anymore they can drive it simply by thought well when you get into a battle if you can fly your plane by thought you've already killed the guy next to you i mean he's he's going to pull the stick by the time he pulls the stick you've already thought about it you flipped over and then launched a missile up his butt uh, it's just a whole different way of of doing things um you but know I'm throwing a little piece here you know back in the day being able to tap into that information and that energy and developing those gifts were part of society and mm -hmm. they were part of life. They were. And, you know, then religion came in and they got buffered out of us, you know, so it makes you think, you know, we're having this whole extraterrestrial conversation. If we did this to ourselves or if that was some alien agenda to, to dumb us down, you know, because you're getting too smart and too connected and they wanted to dumb us back down to not be able to interface with that kind of energy. Well, see, I could go either way on that. I could go to the church wanted to dumb us down because we were getting too smart. I could go to ETs one time. It might even been both. Because we know the church did a lot. I mean, all the burning of books and all that other stuff. But of course, Rita could be right just in the fact that they could be whispering in the bishop's ears as far as we know. So the, the problem for us is, is we don't know what actually triggered that other than that was a religious thing going on. Was it, was it actually their thoughts? Was it somebody else's thoughts? I don't know. I guess we'd have to go back in time to find out. But regardless, it set us back quite a long ways. And it's, it's keeping us back even today. Uh, I'm not anti-religion, and I think everybody should worship what they want to worship, but it should never interfere with the progression of life. Well, technology is not evil. Well, it can be evil. It can be used for evil, but it, it's inherently it's not evil. I mean, a nuclear bomb is, is evil, but all nuclear power is not. Mm. You know, we, we bitch about gas and polluting the atmosphere all the time. When you get nuclear power, you don't have to do any of that. You know, it's hard. I mean, it's it's a hard to think which one it was, or if, like I said, it could have been both. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not really trusting a religion to start off with. So. Why not? Uh, well, you know, I, I. What do you mean? Okay, Jimmy. I was. What do you mean was I religious? Okay, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic schools and made my communion and my confirmation. Yes, I did. And then when my dad died when I was 15, I got unbelievably pissed. Joined two other religions and then said, screw them all. Joined a, um, a, um, a cult. Well, not a cult, a, a devil worship group. Uh, then I joined another black cult and then I uh, got into witchcraft when I met uh, Alistair Collins' great-grandson and um, went from there. And then I decided somewhere along the line that all of it was bullshit. <laughs> not kidding you. And then I decided that life had other things to offer me and it did. And when I dropped all of that baggage from the religion all the way through all the other stuff, my life got better. I'm not going to lie. Well, it's just me personally. It doesn't mean that's how it's going to work. Well, I'll tell you something else. We have noticed that contactees a lot of times go through a lot of different religions or a lot of different like dragons. They like dragons or they like demons or they like, you know, really fantasy stuff. Yeah, just stuff that can take their minds off because they're looking for answers. Some people look for it in religion. Some people look for it in the arts. Some people look for it in, in fantasy. It's, it's, you know, 
it's that's why we have that listed on the website. If you have an interest in vampires or this an unusual interest, you might want to look into this. Mm. Well, you know, that's another thing I always win a lot of money with is that we have reptilian section in our brain. People get so pissed off when I'm doing a lecture. <laughs> I tell them that I was I was doing a lecture in Mississippi State, and I said, "Well, you know, all y'all in this room have a reptilian section in your brain." Oh, we do not. I said, "Wait a minute, you're college kids, and you're telling me you didn't know you had a reptilian section in your brain." I said, shame. I said, who's your damn teacher? We need to have a talk. It's, uh, yes, it's who. It's what makes us who we are. Yeah, without it, we'd just be that little race that the Sumerians brought up that used to be a slave race to the, uh, whatever the human aliens' names are. I, I, I stay away from names because I've heard too many names for two different types of aliens. I just gave it up. I just, I just said the hell with it. And then some people, when I ask them what an Anunnaki is, I get three different descriptions. So I just gave it up. Some say it's a human alien. Some say it's a reptilian alien. Some say it's a graze. I'm like, that's enough of that. Well, the biggest thing is nobody really knows. Okay, they're not the reptilians. I can say very feeling very confident, not reptilians. Um, but whether they're grays or whether they're Nordics, it's kind of hard to tell. The myth suggests that they were white and had facial hair. You know, which kind of leads me to believe more Nordics, but it doesn't yeah. mean that they weren't the overlords and their siblings were the greys. I mean, the reptilians totally separate, totally separate. Yeah, they, so they Earth people. Uh, so you know, it's weird. So we started. We we did a couple of different programs. We ran one. I wanted to find out who was the most feared of the the four races that come here. Um, that the three that actually do the abductions, which are the grays, reptilians, and humans, because I was always taught that the grays worked for the humans and the reptilians. Well, I was wrong. Come to find out that both humans and the grays are scared shitless of the grays. If, they, if, if, the, if there's even a three foot gray standing there, when one of them walks in, they will actually bow their head and walk to the side around the gray. Mainly because I would imagine their brain power is probably about four or five times what either one of their races are. And their technology is at least a million years ahead of them. So you can't have organic technology and be behind on a click and switch technology. It's, it's just not even going to be close to the same thing. Um, so we learned over the years, you know, and I actually made a recant about 15 years ago. I got on air and said, well, look, I said, I'm pretty sure we were wrong. It's looking more and more like the grays might be the more advance of the three races and, and the more because people don't realize it. Yeah, there's a three foot gray, but there's a five foot gray. There's a seven foot gray and there's a nine foot gray and they come in three different colors and none of which are gray, um, which is just so the whole thing is just kind of strange. And then you got the humans who usually are somewhere around seven, eight foot tall, probably 400 to 500 pounds. Reptilians are pretty much about the same size. Um, they're bigger than us, but that just suggests they came from a different kind of environment than we live in. And then, then there's the other thing. Who likes us the best? Who do you think likes us the best? What do you, what do you so, mean? You know, I, I really base a lot of my opinions on myth, you know, and well, it that's gets good. Very, nothing wrong with that. And it gets, well, you know, I feel like it's a record, you know, and it's a record that has held for years and years and years. You know, and but it's it's a bit of a conundrum, you know, because where the interface has been has been, you know, and I call like the you know Zeusy type gods that live in the sky. Mm -hmm. I, I call them Nordics just for because they probably were. And then 
the reptilians, you know, they inhabited the earth first. I mean, myth is very clear. They were here first living in their underground bases. But where it gets kind of dicey is the reptilians gave humanity technology. It's true. You know, and so was that a blessing or was that really a curse and leading to our ultimate demise? Well, here, here I'll, throw, I'll throw something in there with you. So the Sumerians we know created the seven creations of man with the last creation of man looking something like us, but not, not they weren't, they, they were a lot like them. Other way, they could cook, they could procreate, they could make meat and all, but they, they weren't sentient in the way that we're sentient. They were sentient, just not like we are. So the Sumerians started talking about these reptilians kept coming down, stealing their women, taking them away, raping them, bringing them back pregnant, and the children were born. They always said the children were different. When I originally heard this story, I thought the children looked different. Ah, that's not what it was. The children thought differently. They now had that little sex section and... and I'm going to give you more. Get in there. I'm give you more. Okay, so in the biblical story, you know, the sons of God made it with the daughters of men, mm-hmm. you know, so there's that story. But if you sit there and timeline it, so, all right, I have, so in India, there is the epic tale of Ramayana. Yeah. In that story, he meets this group of half man, half ape individuals because Rama is a God, you know, demi, or, you know, God. And he meets this group of Benara who the gods decided to create because Rama was going to need an army to defeat the god of Lanka. And so years before that, centuries before that, the gods from the heavens came down and mated with the apes and bears. And that's where this race came from. So they were all demigods. And these Venara had more intellect you know they were smarter so if your god was the god of wind you had this additional power and if your dad was a chief architect you had this additional information what was interesting is that the 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 period that rama lived was and i can't remember like what epic but that period started from like 1.5 million years ago and ended about 700 and something thousand years ago, which again puts you back to Homo erectus. Mm -hmm. And so if the gods came down, so you have these little like stone cutting apey people hanging out on the earth. But if there was an interbreeding that happened, that's where it would have happened because Homo erectus lost their body hair. They were able to stand upright. They had culture and society. They were the first group to produce any kind of art. And so there was so much of an advance culturally in these individuals that anything that we've seen after that has been minor, in my opinion. Yeah, well, no, it's a good opinion. It's just, it was a lot. See, that's that's just so many little hairs in there. Because somebody the other day said, well, what about Nerebrew? I said, well, what about it? I said, there's no planet five times the size of Earth ever came anywhere around us, so we would be dead. We, it, we would, it would have been in the historic record. Yeah, and it would have been. And it's worse than that because both the Chinese and see, the Chinese and the Mesoamericans were both keeping good good astrological records. Nobody reported anything in the last 3,600 years. Uh, so, And it's worse than that, guys. You can't. 
if a planet five times the size of Earth even got close to us, it would crush us. There would just be nothing left of our planet. It would crush the moon. It would kill everybody on it. It just and it's supposed to come by every thirty six hundred years. So it can't be a planet now. Stitching was it Stitching? I think it was Stitching's work. Stitching. His work had been re re uh, done, retranslated. I'm sorry. So the new translation says it's not a planet. That it was more than likely a ship, maybe the size or half the size of our moon, because it was something when they were reading it that was actually a description. It was the way the Sumerians described a moon and not a planet. So somewhere along the line, in the original interpretation, they got it wrong. So two groups came back and changed it. Well, that make, would make more sense. Okay, you've got something that comes around, parks in orbit, checks us out for a while and leaves. Maybe it is something that comes every 3,600, every 5,000 years because their planet, wherever it may be, maybe in another solar system, might be actually close enough at that time for this thing to shoot over here. But we don't know because it hasn't been seen but since. That, that would make more sense. Um, so one of the things that you find and where I really like tracked it, and, and this has been a while, so I'm kind of talking out my butt here, was when I was looking to find a date for the flood, for the Noah flood, you know, and I was taken back to like 25, 35,000 years ago. And what we find as we move forward in time are these blips in technology, you know, so we had the creation of art, you know, in cave art, you know, yeah. but then, you know, a few thousand, it was like 5,000 years past. And now we have bows and arrows and 5,000 years past. And now we're growing things. And it just seemed like a pretty regular cycle where we would get infused with information yeah. and then it would stop. And then it would stop. Uh, it's, it's the damnedest thing. I mean, we were talking about just the other night. It's, it's like, well, for contactees, I just call it uploads. But it seems like there was something out there that was, and that's why they say the reptilians, because when you go back to the Sumerian story and about the, the seven creations of man and then the reptilians interbreeding with them, that's what the first time that our race had two different alien races in it, both the, the human-type aliens and the reptilian-type aliens. might even be where... The blood types are coming from the Greys entered later on. Maybe that's who gave us RH Negus was the Greys thousands of years later. Because they said they sent the Greys here to become the, the galactic policemen over the reptilian humans because they kept getting in fights on our damn planet. Um, they were just like, because one was saying it was their planet, one was saying it was their planet, and eventually it was going to be a war. So they said they sent the Greys. But regardless, it does seem that the reptilians somewhere in our past interbred with the Sumerian the Sumerian kids or the Anunnaki kids, and they became us, the people who are here today. Now, somewhere along that line, the Greys probably introduced RH negative into us, and that makes us the full people we are actually on this planet today. But our ancestry, if you go all the way back, say 10,000, 15 or 50,000 years, us and the Sumerians weren't that closely related. It was not until the, and, and I bet you they didn't have a reptilian section in their brain. So look at it this way. Before RH negative, everyone on this damn planet was brown hair, brown skin, and brown eye. There was no differences. That was the planet. That was us. Whatever we were, I'm not even saying we even look like we do today, but we were brown hair, brown eye, and brown skin because when RH negative came into B, that's when all the mutations started. That's when the mutation of blood started. That's when the RH negative started. That's when the green eyes, blue eyes, yellow eyes, red eyes all started at the same time. It was a mutation. And what's scary about the mutation is, think about this. 
You know Mother Nature didn't create it for one reason. It was a baby killer. Until somebody came up with the anti-denogen D-gene, we used to have to get blood tests before we got married because we could be incompatible to have children. Because RH negative and RH positive were not compatible to have children. That just only happened in the last 50 years or so. I'm sorry, not even that, because I had to get a blood test when I got married. So it happened in the last 25 years or so that we can actually have children now without having to uh, have blood tests. So we knew Mother Nature didn't create that. She would have never killed anything that killed babies. So, so if you've got 15 to 20 percent of your population breeding with the other 80 percent, so half those babies are going to be dying. The population is not going to be going up. It's going to be going down. But somehow or another, with all of this going on, RH negative managed to get traction, and then someone invented a, a, a gene that allows it to just multiply. Now, what does that mean for us? Does it mean anything? Does it, it? It's got some kind of significance because it wasn't there before, and now it is. Two million years of evolution without well, RH negative recessive trait. So it would mean only one in four people would get it if you had four kids. So it's it's a it's a strange thing. I don't know what to tell y'all guys. What do you mean? No, 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 Jack, you got that wrong. Okay, so the mother, the child will always have the blood type of the mother, not the RH factor. That's different. Yeah. So if you if the mother's O, the, the child's going to be O. If the mother's A, the child's going to be A. But it does not have to have the same RH. If the mother's O positive, it does not mean the the child will be O net O positive. It just means it'll be O. Yeah, I asked that when my son was born. I most certainly did. Uh, I wanted to know. I didn't know, so I asked. When, when in doubt, ask the question. Yeah, well, we, we're all going to get there. Well, we only got 10 minutes, so you better get some questions if you're going to get them in, because we got to go, because you know Michelle's up next, and she don't like when I run into her time. She start writing to me and calling me and stuff. She be calling Dr. Rita. Rita, what you doing? Tell him, tell him to get off the air. <laughs> It's all Joe's fault. It's all Joe's fault. Uh, oh no, 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 no! Tell him, give him the well. Shit, we forgot. So tell more about the book, right quick, because we were we got off on talking on all kind of alien stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna invite her back because we didn't we didn't talk, plug the book near enough. I'm just gonna, you know, there's just too much to talk about with that. So I'm just gonna say the book is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Dang, it was me all along. Um, if you want an autographed copy, please go to my webpage, soulhealer.com, and you can check out all my stuff. You know, and I think the most, you know, what I want to invite your people to is every Thursday night, 7 o'clock Central, I do a live stream and open up the chat and allow people to get asked questions and get on-air psychic readings, which has been, I've been having so much fun with it. Just so much fun. Man, I wish you did that show on a Saturday or Sunday. I'd give you a place to live on it. You, you need a you need a network to be on. Well, no, I, how, what time is it on Thursdays? It's probably uh, seven p.m. Central. Yeah, they got on you. So they can go to. Well, I'm just gonna pitch. You know, so they can go to Dr. Rita Louise Dash Live on Facebook, which is a group, and it streams to that. Or they can go to Just Energy Radio on YouTube. So that's Just Energy Radio on YouTube and it streams to that or to Rita Louise on rumble, but you can't get into the chat. So, which I, I'm a little bit disappointed with because I get good numbers on rumble. Yeah. Rumbles actually does pretty well. I, I'm, uh, I'm been surprised by some of rumbles numbers. Uh, it's, it does well. No, that other one doesn't. Anyway, we're not going to get into that, but no rumble rumble does pretty good. Well, Rita's got a good solid following to start off with anyway. So she's, she's been around for a couple of days. 
And uh, oh, she's only, age. <laughs> she's like she's, she's like thirty five or something. I, I lost yeah. track. Twenty seven. Yeah, that works. Twenty seven. Well, how right, old so am I? I like pitch a bitch here a second. So this woman I know who picked my brain about live streaming just posted a thing about doing a live stream called, and I'm going to just say blank blank live get on air free counseling (laughs) wait a minute so you talk to me about live streaming and i talked to you about Streamyard, you know and i'm like i i was pissed off because i should have charged her for the section you should have she did was pick my brain well i thought we were just visiting which it wasn't and then she turns around and pulls that crap and i'm like really yeah. You like take the name of my show pretty much and just change a couple of words. So what you what you're an hour now or two hours? An hour? It's an hour. Okay. Seven, <coughs> so you, so you're seven. What 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 time you're in? Central? No, you're not in central. Where yeah, are I'm you? Central. Oh, okay. okay. You're central. We're well, like almost neighbors. I might I might have to I might have to move somebody down and put you over there, man. I'm I'm gonna call you not to, well, not tonight, but I'm I'm gonna call you soon about this. Okay. Well, no. What do you mean, Grace? No, no. We had we had uh, just energy radio on the network forever. Yes, and then she changed times. I didn't know where she went. <laughs> I got lost. No, we just stopped doing the freaking show. Oh, that's right. I forgot. See, see what's what happens when you get old people. You forget shit. Um, no, she's easy to get hold to. She's a very sweet lady. Uh, she don't take any bullshit though. So I'm just warn y'all ahead of time. Oh no! Oh, you mean the sixtieth? <laughs> if I can find some pictures, I'll post them. Well, we had a great time at the sixtieth. Fox was there doing sweeps week. It was insane. It was an insane. Uh, it was insane. Yes, uh, my whole crew. We had a whole crew there for iCar and the radio network. They got into it with Fox. They were out there with them uh, Nerf guns, killing each other all day. <laughs> it was good for us. We got lots of free publicity out of it, but. It was lots Are of great interviews. About the Roswell thing. Yeah, there was lots and lots I got of great six interviews. Media there. interviews out of my freaking tinfoil hat. Yeah, I know. It was it was just a great. Uh, there was a lot of good, lot of good interviews. There. there was a lot of good press. There it was probably the best press I've seen at any conference ever. I mean, I haven't just maybe Stephen Best says get some good press when he does X conferences, but oh, I wish he'd do the X conference again. It's my favorite conference because you get to dress up when you go. Well, you know, I like the I, I like wearing pretty clothes. What can I say? <laughs> pretty clothes. Don't even, don't even, just don't. I will boot your ass out of the room wherever you're at. I will boot your ass. You get kicked. I will sick Michelle on you. You better watch it. Uh, or no, better yet, I'll sick Amelia on you. She's meaner than Michelle. No, M- Amelia is uh, one of the hosts on the Outer Realm. Yes, and uh, they both love Rita to death. And uh, yes, I just call her Rita. I'm fine. Yeah, it could be you are fun. Uh, no, I love her new hair. Well, last time I seen she had short hair, so you never know when you see what kind of hair she's got on her head. Uh, well, you know, I'm a Leo, and this was like accidental hair, not tonight, but this was just like go to the gym hair, and people were like, "Your hair looks really nice. Your hair looks, looks really, really good." Nice. So then I went to and got my hair done, and I asked the beautician, "I'm like." What do you think of this cut or you know this look? She goes, it looks really cute. I really like it, it on looks you. Good so on you. It's stuck. Hey, when it looks good, looks good. It's super easy. Hey, that's a good. That's even a better that's thing. Better. See, this is super easy. Look, see, that's where <laughs> mine's at. <That's> <laughs> this was too. I got to tell you this. So the other day, somebody says, "Send me a picture of you." I said, "Okay." 
So it was uh, one of the, somebody coming in for a host. So I sent a picture. I didn't realize I sent one. I'm, you know, I'm in a shirt, no tie on, just open the ties around my neck and my hair is flipped over the top. And she sends it back. She says, that ain't you. And I said, yeah. She said, I've seen you on air many times. You don't have long hair. I said, I most certainly do, sweetheart. <laughs> I said, you just can't see it because I wear the ponytail. She's like, why? It looks good. I said, no, not when I'm live. It's not coming out. It's staying back there. Because mm-hmm. it's a pain in the ass. That's why. Well, there's nothing up here. It's shiny up here. I could have hair up there. I just, I'm too lazy. Well, um, Hems, I may take the deal. Hems wants to advertise on our network. And uh, they offered to do a thing with my head but I, I never really think about it the only way i wear the glasses is because i don't like the reflection off the light yeah no it's just one of them things life's the bitch and then you die but it's not oh, to cover up your second set of eyes that are up that's there. right that's right yes i don't want y'all to see what's up there no that's you get sand you're cracking then you die yes same the same thing if you go to the beach anyway y'all y'all are getting weird in here tonight any last questions we got we gotta go what what, what you got uh no she don't like stupid guys so you're already out the question uh he asked if you were married um okay so just to answer no i'm not married no i don't like stupid guys yeah she don't like stupid now guys. i have a house project so if you really don't know how to use a hammer and you tell me you do and don't, you, don't, don't. you are so out the door <laughs> don't don't bugger look if you can't swing a hammer don't bugger oh wait wait better yet if you don't have your own power tools look no dating unless you got power tools, people. I'm just telling y'all ahead of time. And to all my friends out there, remember this. It's just as lo- easy to love a rich person as to love a poor person. I've told every one of my stepdaughters that and my kids. Well, because, you know, it's it's true. I don't know. I've married both rich and poor. It didn't matter. <laughs> I didn't see, it didn't seem to matter for me. No, Chris, I've only been married once. That's it. That's it. One time. Yes. Uh-uh. Nope, wasn't going through that twice. You can forget that shit. Now, one of my friends has been married seven times. Yes, no, seriously, seven times. And my um, my stepdad, who guy rest in soul, he was married five times before I met my mother, and that was it. She don't get divorced. <laughs> She's like, so first thing she tell me, you sign over everything here because we're not gonna have none of this bullshit. <laughs> and they stayed married till till he died. Yes, <laughs> that's that's just how it is. Um, what do you mean? So I'm going to bring her back on, but I'm going to bring her on. Um, I think I'm going to bring our news on the flip side so we can be a little more, more open about some of the stuff we're talking about. Well, you have on the cover can be restrictive sometime on some topics. It's great for alien stuff, but I got to be careful because our audience gets a little um, uh, squirmy, wormy if we get too far in any direction that deals with politics or things that shouldn't be here. I understand it. No, no. It's like, it's like Kaepernick on the NFL. I understand that. Or any of that woke stuff on your TV, favorite TV show. No, I truly do understand that, dude. Uh, you really mean, why did I make a crack about Disney? Because the former head of Disney, real quick, um, was a nice lady whose one son was a transvestite and the other son was gay. So she decided that all employees of Disney should be gay or transvestites. That's why the other 70, how many years the old was, was brought back. Well, because... A lot of Americans just weren't going to go to Disney when that would happen. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't get into that stuff. That's not my. That's not my department. That's somebody else's department. That's Jay's department. That's whose department that is. What do you mean? I'd go to Disney tomorrow, man. Well, I ain't got nothing against Disney. I love Disney. Even though I think they're they're not making as good television as they used to, but I still love Disney. Yeah, sure. Take your kids to Disney. Don't let them get eaten by an alligator, mind you. But you know. 
<laughs> anyway, we got to go. It, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dr. Reed, you got any parting words before we leave out of here, these weirdos? Buy my book. Dang, it was me all along. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. Visit me at soulhealer.com. Set up a time and schedule a private consultation. Get out there and learn something. Yes. Learn something, people. On that note, we got to get out of here and thank everyone for tuning in to United Public Radio. You have something to cover. Dr. Reedy, thank you very much for joining us. Guys and girls, y'all go out and have some fun. Be sure y'all go check out the Outer Realm coming up next, or as she is probably already live. So go be sure you check out them. And until next week or until tomorrow night or Friday night when I'm getting in trouble, trouble, I'll see y'all then. (laughs) I'm out of here.